0: Twenty-two
1: meeting of the Alameda Open Government Commission. Um, first up will be our roll call. Madam Clerk, can you please take the roll?
2: Council members, Canberra. I mean, Council present. members. So, sorry, commissioners, Canberra. Yeah, <laughs> no, right. no, no, no. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Chud. Present. Montgomery. Present. Telos.
0: Here.
2: Chair Lopalato. Here. Five present.
1: Thank you. Um so next on our
0: First, recording we'll start
1: in progress. Questions. Then, like always, we'll save any deliberations or motions until after uh, public comment. So, does anyone have any clarifying questions for Madam Clerk on the minutes, Commissioner Chilas? I see your
0: hand up. I, I just like edit. Does that come in this section? Just grammatical.
1: I, you know, it's always a little squishy with the minutes. But why don't we let um, public comment if there is any, okay. and then we'll go to our, our edits. Uh if there are no uh clarifying questions other than that, then Madam Clerk, do we uh have anyone here for public comment? Any speakers on this item? We do not. Okay. Um in that case we can go into our uh deliberations. So Commissioner Tulas, did you want to start with your edit?
0: Yeah, just um write the sentence above four dash C. The sentence there, I think it's supposed to say nope. Say, Clerk. Notes if anybody submits language instead of the not, so just two letters.
2: Got it, thank you.
1: All right, thank you, Commissioner Tulos. Um, does anyone else have any edits or discussion for deliberation, or would we like to make a motion at this time? We can take a motion to approve the minutes if no one has any edits.
0: I'll make a motion to approve the minutes.
1: Thank you, Commissioner Telos. do we have a second? Second. Thank you. Multiple seconds at once. I think we're good to go. Uh, Madam Clerk, would you uh, take a roll call vote, please?
2: Commissioner Canberra.
3: Aye.
2: Chen. Aye. Montgomery.
3: Aye. Tilos. Aye.
2: Chair Palato. Aye. That carries by
3: five eyes.
1: Excellent. Uh, moving right along to item 4B, we have um, Amend the sunshine ordinance complaint procedures, including clarification of unfounded and the pre hearing process, and thank you to staff for putting together uh, the brief report laying out the history on this item. And um, my understanding is we may have a brief presentation by staff and then um, potentially some additions to that by myself uh, and or Commissioner Canberra, who were the commissioners whose initiated agenda requests sort of uh, led to this item being here. So, uh, Madam Clerk, is that you presented?
2: Yes, I am happy to present and um, mine is just basically to give a little background. So basically at your last meeting, two items came up that kind of synthesized into potentially uh, providing some amendments to the you know, process and procedures in order to provide some clarification, and those two issues that were raised. Uh, one of them was by Commissioner Camber about the um, unfounded, and then was uh, one was brought forward as a, a commissioner communication um, by Charlo Pilato about the um, clarifying if you know a matter is. To time barred or not going to end up coming to the commission to clarify that in the complaint procedures. But what we've gone ahead and put on is the whole entire complaint procedures um, so that you could provide um, feedback on any of them, you know, maybe talk about any other issues you wanted to raise and um, potentially dive into the procedures and see where you want to go with it.
1: Excellent. Thank you, Madam Clerk. yeah, I think I don't actually have that much else to add from a presentation standpoint, other than um uh, you know, just to potentially delineate it for commissioners, we have um uh, you know, a couple sub-issues to consider. So I think we'll probably uh move forward with taking some type of action potentially on some of the concerns raised about the nature of the unfounded determination, which you can see in exhibit one from Commissioner Canberra's initial submission on that issue. Um we'll note at our last meeting we looked at the existing but, uh, you know, relatively new definition of unfounded that was added into the glossary for the complaint procedures, uh, which was kindly attached and I think exhibit three is our existing complaint procedures. Um, believe commissioners indicate they might submit suggested edits in writing before the meeting I did not see any written correspondence to that effect. Um, secondary item we have sort of a very concrete item um, to approve or modify. Uh, or reject. And that was the written suggestion, as uh, Madam Clerk said, editing the complaint procedure um, regarding the steps that occur before a complaint set for hearing. That is a standalone item in Exhibit 2. The edits are only to steps four and five under Section B in the complaint procedures. And then, um, yeah, last, it sounds like we have the ability to uh, consider other changes to the complaint procedure. So I think we probably take care of those first two items. Uh, in deliberations first, potentially, and then um, open it up for anything broader. Uh, But that's just sort of a preview of where I'm thinking we might go in deliberations. Commissioner Canberra, do you have anything you want to add?
3: No, sounds good to me.
1: Okay. Uh, With that, then, um, we've moved into our clarifying questions section. So, commissioners, does anyone have clarifying questions for um, staff or I guess either for Commissioner Camber or myself, uh, who prepared some materials that are part of this item, uh, we can take clarifying questions before we move to public comment and deliberations.
3: So just a clarification: Are we starting with the just unfounded?
1: I think yeah. I, mean, I think we'll 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 cover all of it under this topic. Um, but we could, you know, I think we could take either the sort of the concrete written edits that are in there and do a quick motion on those. Um, and then talk about unfounded and then go broad or, you know, I'm open to whichever approach works um, for the the group here. Any other clarifying questions? Okay. With that, um, and I'm sure sometimes the questions come up organically in our discussions uh, as well, but I think we can turn to, Public comment, Madam Clerk. Do we have any speakers who would like to give public comment on agenda item 4B? We do not. Okay. Uh, well, then we can dive in with our uh, deliberations and uh, maybe some possible motions here. Uh, I think it would make sense to begin with unfounded, unless Commissioner Canberra is the kind of initiator of that if you prefer, we cover the other item that's Exhibit 2 first, we could do that.
3: Uh, What do we uh, we do on Founded First? That might be the simpler of the the two. All right. Um, Since I was the one who kind of brought it to begin with. I think everybody has read the um, attachment, and I actually did a little bit of additional work just to see what people thought in social media. And what is going to be really clear, and I wanted to start out that... This item um, does not actually relate to any particular past decision of the OGCs. Some people had said, well, why are we doing this? Is this a problem to begin with? And I said, no, that it was no reflection at all. What's the work? And I think it isn't an issue because of the extensive work that the commission did prior to me coming on and doing all of the complaint procedures and the definitions so that it was much clearer that the Commission had more opportunities to make refined decisions as opposed to either sustaining or denying unfounded and so I think that resolved so much of it so I don't see that there's a significant issue at this time but I think it's important that we discuss it for a couple of reasons I think first it goes to the credibility of the Open Government Commission in that its decisions are impartial and objective, even when we sometimes are hearing a, a complaint that involves a sensitive underlying issue as we have in the past. Um, also, I think it affirms uh, what our procedures are and that we're supposed to be creating predictability and consistency with all of the parties that come before us and so understanding how we might arrive at an unfounded decision. So that's kind of where I've gone with it in the past. These are the reasons why I think we need to discuss it. And then just it's a matter of what we're going to do to add to that. I had suggested a couple of factors that might be considered and that if there is very clear legal citations and precedent for a certain decision that is shared with somebody that is bringing a complaint and they decide to proceed anyway in light of clear precedent, saying that they may not be entitled to that, I think that is one of the reasons that would be appropriate for an unfounded um, decision. Um, One of the people suggested mental capacity that if a person came to us, but it was perhaps at least somewhat clear that there may be other issues that we might not want to have to deal with, that would be a, uh, another reason. And so I'd also put it back to the other commissioners to see if they had any other reasons. And you know it was interesting because a couple of people mentioned political that we were being used as a political tool against an adversary but i think when we get down to looking at intent intent can be very challenging to try and look and decide why a person filed a complaint so that if if it was done in bad faith how could we really tell and i guess the idea is that we want to make sure that we have a really good standard for having an unfounded complaint and then it gets articulated by each of The five of us as to why Um, another person had suggested that for an unfounded determination, it might need to be a supermajority, four out of five, just to safeguard the idea of a chilling effect for people that may be subjected to it. So those are some of the things I'd like to share and uh, like to hear from my other commissioners.
1: The Vice
4: Chair Chen with your hand up. Go ahead, please. Yeah, I, I wanted to just without getting into specific cases, and this is hard to do, um, the two unfounded cases uh, were uh, presented by the same individual even though the second case was not his case, he was presenting it on behalf of another individual. Um, And it could be perceived that because they represent you know, the, the island has as many opinions as they have people, <laughs> but they represent a certain point of view that uh, might have been construed that this commission was being political in, those, in both of those decisions. Yeah. So I, without dissecting what happened with those two cases, I can't reflect on whether or not today we would have founded those, those, those cases unfounded. Thank you, Vice Chair Chen. I want to
1: um, I want to keep us oriented to the. We have a, a definition that's in our complaint procedures. It's in the glossary. It currently says complaint rejected with the commission, additionally finding the complaint lacks a reasonable or rational basis. Um, in our last meeting, we talked through some of these bigger issues, and we sort of left it saying. It'd be great to have some written language to look at if anyone wants to propose amendments to that definition. We don't have any written edits suggested tonight. um, And I would love to hear if anybody has any specific edits that they would propose making um, to that definition in in the complaint procedures.
3: I think it might be premature to do that without hearing from everybody first. I mean, I'd be happy to take a stab at it, but it would be not my reflection of what it would say. It would be a reflection of the entire commission. And I wouldn't want to do it alone.
1: Okay. Um, Does anyone else have any thoughts they want to add on what types of edits might be appropriate, if any, to the unfounded definition in the complaint procedures? Okay, I see Chair Chen, your hand up again.
4: Yeah, my only comment is that based on our new screening process, it would seem that um, any complaint that today we might find unfounded, it would be unusual if it slipped through our, our first screening. With city staff, because if there was no, if if it was not within our jurisdiction, if it was not within the time, fifteen days, um, all these things, then um, the our the chief assistant city attorney, and or the city clerk would would have been in a position to tell the complainant that they're. Their complaint would probably was probably not um, eligible to be to be filed with the
3: commission.
1: Yeah, thank you, Vice Chair Chen.
3: If, could you, you clear? I didn't quite. Heard, could you clarify that, Commissioner Chen? I'm not sure I understood. Well, you know, within our
4: complaint process now, it's it's clear that the uh, chief assistant city attorney or the uh, can actually say to the person, your complaint, um, you know, it can't come through the gate, you know, because it's filed after 15 days uh, after the, uh, the, uh, the issue. I mean, you know, it's, it's past time. I mean, it, it can be disallowed on a variety, of more reasons than before
3: right i guess the, the clarification was that what the role of the chief assistant city attorney and the clerk would play in not having a complaint come to us right in the first right. place in the first place which the only one i believe is the 15 day rule and that that has not been applied in the past it it was it well it wasn't in the fraser case
1: No, just to clarify, (laughs) I think what we're talking about and chief assistant city attorney can probably shed some light and Commissioner Montgomery, I see your hand and we're definitely going to get to you. Um, There are instances where complaints have been partially time barred. And that makes sense for those to come forward in an instance where the complaint is in no universe. Could this be within the window of time? My understanding is that staff has, um, acted to to connect with that complainant about the jurisdictional issue with the complaint which is the the other subject of a, of a written edit that we can we can choose to accept right. tonight if we want to um uh chief assistant to city attorney do you want to speak to that at all
5: yes i mean i i um i see our role i am is not the city clerk's role and and my office's role in in ensuring that complaints that come to be adjudicated by all of you are only ones that are um, properly before you, meaning that they are alleging a violation of either the Brown Act or the California Public Records Act on the one hand, and also have uh, the complainant has complied with our, our procedure, which basically is that they've filed a complaint within the 15 days. So it's really a procedural. Um, call that we are making, we are not getting, and don't intend to, and have not in the past, make any sort of call about the substance. And so the substance of the argument that the complainant would make, I believe, is what all of you are attempting to um, provide some um, uh, framework around in, in evaluating whether or not the substance of the complaint is going to be unfounded, meaning if, well, that's, The meaning part is what all of you are going to fill in tonight, perhaps, but um, So that that's I'm not sure if I answered your question, but that I I see the city clerk's role and my office's role is very limited, just to ensure that um, what is written on the complaint actually makes an allegation of what you all have jurisdiction to decide and that the complainant has followed the procedure that's outlined in the Sunshine Ordinance, nothing more, nothing less.
1: Thank you. Um, I want to get to Commissioner Montgomery, whose hand was up, and then, well, Commissioner Camber, did you have a clarifying question no, about call. that? Uh, okay. Commissioner Montgomery. I
6: wanted to ask, um, I'm sorry, I'm having mail delivered at the same time I'm trying to ask my question. <laughs> I, got, I was like a little distracted. Wait, wait, what did I want to ask? I, I think I wanted to ask staff, um, city clerk and chief assistant city attorney, what what is it, once you have possibly found that there's an that it's not not possible for us to hear it, it's an, it would be unfounded. What is your process to to talk to the complainant? Like, is it an email? Is it a phone call? What is your process to let them know that that, that it won't be heard from us?
3: Yes,
2: I, I think it's probably both. I think we've probably communicated in both methods both times. The two the two times it's happened, it's been regarding a meeting, and it's been past the fifteen days of the meeting. And I mean, I think we have emailed them and fall. I, I don't know. I can't remember which was first—the phone call or the email—but I I know it was probably both that we we did both with both of them. But that's something we could clarify in the procedure.
5: And it, also, sorry. Go
1: ahead, Chief. I think I, you were probably going to say what I was going to say.
5: Well, I just I just wanted to clarify that the only pursuant to the Sunshine Ordinance, the only body or or um, the only body that gets to make the unfounded determination is the commission. So That's nice, right? if so, so somebody's if somebody files a complaint, and they filed on the 17th day, and it's unambiguously too late to be filed, or they have filed a complaint that alleges a violation of a zoning code or something that you all Um, Don't have jurisdiction to make decisions over the complaint is simply not heard Um, the the sunshine ordinance indicates that a person who makes more than two complaints um, that are determined to be by the Commission to be unfounded so um, our determination of it not complying with the procedure to be heard by you does not make it unfounded.
1: Thank you, Chief Assistant City Attorney. Yes, that's exactly the, the clarification I was hoping would come out there, which is um, I think connecting some of these different dots here. We were in a world yeah. before, and probably with some of this social media polling may have been you know digging up some of the history around, is we were in a world where we did not have these complaint procedures that so, but there were complaint procedures that were not necessarily being, um, you know, adhered to or reviewed on a regular basis. Um, adequate. Yeah. um, Adequate,
3: I think, would be. Yeah,
1: yeah. So they were there, they existed, um, and, um, but they were not at this level of detail. They did not um, include this variety of options, not only for commissioners, but also as Vice Chair Chen was pointing out, you know, making it very clear, sort of some of the procedural steps in the beginning of the process. And, um importantly, they didn't have any definition whatsoever of what unfounded meant. And um, now we do have a definition in there, um, albeit a brief one. And so I think if there's wait, if there's a need, given this new reality of,, um, you know, a complaint procedure that lays out, I think, pretty clearly the different steps and the different options, um, if there is a need, then I think we should be considering what changes to that definition would be. Um, Commissioner Montgomery, your hands up.
6: So, I, I think that Commissioner Canberra has spent a lot of time thinking about this specific issue, and I want to know if there's any verbiage that you that you have in your head. Like, I would like to hear what you would what you would like it to say as far as clarif- clarification. Do, do, do you have some place where you'd like it to go? And then we can kind of start with that, where you would like it to go and maybe peel from there, if that's okay.
3: Well, as I as I said, I had um, suggested a couple of things at the last time we presented. It's like when there is clear legal precedent presented to the complainant and then they still continue to go through our process to hear the complaint when it's... And again, it's not ever crystal clear it is the law and ask any attorney and the answer will always be it depends because it depends on the facts underneath it. But when there are, when a, a person, and I can't remember if this was the case or not, somebody just simply files the complaint, is not willing to engage with the city attorney's office to try and resolve it informally and just says, no, we're plowing through, that might indicate that there was another motive than simply trying to resolve the issue that's actually what we're here for is to resolve disagreements between the city attorney's office and there is some language where we want and actually i I know that the city attorney's office reaches out and does try to resolve most of these or as many as they can so that they don't get to us so the the legal precedent was one of them the failure to discuss were the two that came to mind Um, When I went out and asked for other suggestions, someone said, yeah, the the mental capacity piece for sure. But what most people said was, is that, um, you know, reasonable or rational are subjective and so subjective for each of us individually. And so to try and have a little better idea of what, in this case, lacking reasonable um, or lacking a rational basis so I guess if somebody brings the complaint that um, and I don't want to use this as a good example, though, but we had somebody that brought a complaint where they wanted us to award damages. I think it was the, the Fraser case that said, yeah. and we want the Open Government Commission to award damages against the city. And we don't have any jurisdiction for that. If somebody had said, you know, you can't do that. And that was the sole basis for the hearing that would perhaps be a reason. So no, I don't have specific language. I'm willing to work on something with someone else to kind of bolster the lack of reasonable and rational basis.
1: Thank you. Um, And just and a clarification to process wise is that taking a pen to, to do the edits like it would still come back before the full commission for a vote and any modification. So that step, just, just to take out any pressure over the uh, the intensity of of putting pen to paper and writing the edits, I think that is something that, you know, I actually expected to see two or three different versions of written options coming in for this meeting. Um, and so if that's something that ends up being carried over, that's uh, that's certainly a possibility as well. But it would always come back before all of us to to, uh, to, to vote on.
6: Commissioner Markham are your hands still up? Um, let's hear from you again. Just, just so everybody knows where I'm standing on these issues, that third one about um, mental capacity, I'm not even willing to touch that one or look at it as something that we're going to decide. Um, yeah, I don't even want to talk about that one. I would rather just stick to something that's specific um, about their the complaint or the complaint procedure.
1: Thank you, Commissioner Montgomery. Um, and I will uh, I will throw out there my my concurrence with that not being a really a, a topic area. I think is appropriate for this commission to uh, be adjudicating as a the component of, of our review of the complaints. I am intrigued by the possibility of something procedural along the lines of a supermajority needing to find in favor of a complaint being unfounded. I think that sounds like a very specific procedural thing that might address some of these concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something maybe we might wanna flush out a little further in addition to whatever else others wanna bring up. And I see Chief Assistant City Attorney with her hand raised.
5: I'll just note, I. I would definitely um, weigh in if there's a, a specific proposal to have that. I have some concerns about that because I think you're wading into territory that is statutory. Because that is not um, the voting a super requiring a supermajority for a particular finding. I would view as something that would need to come through the city council. But I can look into that more fully if if that is something that the commission um, would like to weave into its. Uh, procedure, but that is not something that's called out in the in the Sunshine Ordinance.
1: Oh, just to clarify, Chief Assistant City Attorney, for for the commission to make a for the commission to determine that a complaint was unfounded, to require four votes for that specific fifth layer. Correct. That would you think that would okay? Interesting.
3: Can I ask? What the basis of that is, I think, doesn't the open government commission through the ordinance have pretty broad discretion on complaint procedures.
5: It does, but, um, and again, I'm not, I'm not ruling out entirely, but, uh, for instance, the city council has very uh, precise um, um, conditions and types of um, uh, matters that require a supermajority and those are set forth in statute in the Municipal Code. So I am wary of um, you all imposing on yourself a supermajority requirement when that is not in the Sunshine Ordinance itself.
3: But those supermajority requirements are imposed on the council, right? Not on commissions and boards.
5: Correct, I'm just drawing an analogy that, that the City Council through its uh, drafting of its, the Municipal Code has imposed upon itself um this supermajority requirement in very precise and discrete circumstances.
3: Right. Yeah, just the clarification yeah. that it's on itself not on boards and commissions. Correct. So. I'm
5: just drawing an analogy as to
3: why uh, I, I would be okay.
5: wary of of weaving that into your requirements. Thank
3: okay. you. So I appreciate the concern. Um, I thought the this 4 out of 5 or whatever it was was pretty clear cut and would provide some safeguards though um, in case we couldn't come to any other reasonable and rational basis.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, that's uh, And thank you for that flag, uh, Chief Assistant City Attorney. I'm, of course, trying to refresh my recollection on our, our bylaws, which I know has been a source of at least I want to say we have some supermajority requirement in there, but this would obviously be different as we're dealing with the, um, the adjudicatory or quasi-adjudicatory power. Um, does anyone else want to, Commissioner us
0: Yeah, are we like maybe all sold that we want to update reasonable and rational basis? As Commissioner Cameron brought up, it does leave it open to interpretation, and I think sort of like how many open because it gives each appointed commissioner that flexibility to say, hey, I believe this is reasonable or I believe this is not reasonable or not rational. So isn't that sort of the whole point of having commissioners from different backgrounds using their inputs? So I like giving that flexibility. Um, and also, Commissioner Camber, you brought up, you know, an example of something that was probably unreasonable or rational or what many might believe to be that, you know, another example is, I think, you know, one of the cases where someone wanted their legal fees to be paid for, for bringing up this complaint because they went through a lawyer and did that too. And that's something that, you know, I'd like to leave that open to a new commissioner to say, Hey, you know, is that rational or is that reasonable? So that's what I, I could live with reasonable or rational, but if I, I could be swayed into, if we could make something more concrete, but you know, I'd like to work together through this, but I'm, I, I'm not against the how it's currently written.
1: Thank you, Commissioner Tilos. Commissioner Montgomery?
6: I, I agree with Commissioner Tilos. I mean, if, if, if we find that it's necessary to add some more language, but I think that it's been working for for us, so I'm. That's why I've been cr- trying to like ask all the questions that I'm asking. Is like trying to to find is there a reason for me to want to put more words in there? And I don't. I don't really. I'm not finding it for myself.
1: Thank you, Commissioner Montgomery. Commissioner Chilos, I see your hand up again. Yeah,
6: okay.
0: I'm getting fancy using the hand. Um, and also, I think you know we made big strides as you know, was pointed out too. It's like, you still only have two choices and for us to use the denied as unfounded as a choice, you know, I think everyone agreed it's very severe because it can limit someone's participation in open government. But I think us as commissioners all see the severity of it. And I would think, you know, I would hope, you know, future commissioners see the severity in it as well. And I'd like to you know, leave them, leave that option up to them and you know, we have given that option before it was pretty clear cut. It's either A or B. Now we have five choices. So I think, you know, we sort of will all take into account that, hey, we say this is unbounded, this person probably can't come up, you know, for a while.
1: Thank you, Commissioner Tilos. Um Seeing no other hands up, I'll, um, I'll chime in that I... I find myself in a, a similar similar position to Commissioner Hewless and, and Commissioner Montgomery here in that um perhaps with a slight variation in that I am I am hearing a reason to potentially add additional you know details or language to this definition and, and that would be creating predictability within the system. Um at the same time, I'm not hearing um Specific examples of how to do that that I think uh, th- that I'm finding fit the situation well enough to um, to take the step to do it. Given that I, I'm not 100% convinced, there's there's still a problem to solve here. Um, and so, you know, for example, like the if someone is citing bad legal precedent, in some ways, I'm wary of. Writing that in as an example of what you know lacks a reasonable basis. Um, I could because I could see a situation where future commissioners do feel that they're maybe tied to the examples, no matter how much you know we write in, including but not limited to the following factors, which is something I was thinking might be a, a way to do this last time we were talking about it. Um, I think that if we're really only laying out sort of one or two very specific examples, then it it, it could have the unintended effect of people feeling that they're sort of bound by by those. Whereas I think all of the things that have been described really could fall under you know, lacking a a reasonable or rational basis. And so I do think there's potentially a lot of merit to leaving flexibility for what is probably going to be the, the pretty egregious and unpredictable situations that will come up if we're even looking in the unfounded direction It's going to be kind of a quirky situation. So almost by definition, it's going to be hard to outline what would go in there right now. And if it were, um, you know, a one and done, unfound with single unfounded and you're out kind of situation, it's three, you know, I don't know that with the, in some ways, if there's one unfounded that's found, and someone feels that's very unfair, and the commissioners at the time want to review it, then maybe we all go back to this place and and the discussion happens again, um, but as it stands, it, it it it's going to come up, I think, fairly infrequently. Hopefully, now that we have the other options, and um, and I'm not I'm not fully convinced that we have to take action right now, but I'm definitely open to hearing anyone else who wants to speak on the item at this time. All right. Um, does anyone want to make a motion to this aspect of it, or we can, as they say, put a pin in it and move on to the other parts of the agenda item?
4: Um,
3: so this anyone... is why I'll make a suggestion that we just move on to the other one. It doesn't seem to be there's enough interest in doing this at this time.
1: Okay, okay, and, um, and I think, Leaving it open in some ways, I think this is certainly uh, a topic that should it should it come to pass, uh, there will be a ni- that it needs to be revisited. There will be a nice history of the discussion um, that can be reviewed again. So, so that's that's productive.
3: Yeah. I think the idea was trying to avoid the situation where it came up as an item in the hearing that we're in to try and be a little proactive, which doesn't sound like it's going to work this time. So we may just have to deal with it When it's in an actual hearing, which I'm okay with as well.
1: Okay, thank you. Um, Then uh, I think with that, there's uh, before maybe going to broader plate revisions, or actually, why don't we talk about does anybody have broader complaint revisions? Let's go to our open ended aspect of this question. Um, are there broader revisions of the complaint procedures that anybody would want to propose at this time?
3: Um, back up just a second, because I had one clarifying question for Chief Assistant City Attorney McKenzie. And uh, yes, go ahead. Uh, if I can have the floor for a minute, then so I have. I would like to know the distinction, then, because on the Frazier case, there were one, two, three, four. Four causes of action that it was very clear that the complaint had been filed late. There were several that were split because there was a lot, of, lot going on over a large period of time, but we were still allowed to hear those other ones. And then the Open Government Commission made a determination that yes, that it was not filed on time. So I'd like to know the distinction between the one that we, are not hearing or did not hear, and these last ones. Chief Assistant City Attorney. Yes. sorry, so-
5: I had to unmute myself. I think in that case, in that case, without rehashing the Fraser complaint too much, um, after evaluation um, and in consultation with the city clerk's office, we determined that because um, um, so many of the allegations in Mr. Fraser's complaint were um, were wrapped am- am- uh, around each other. That there were, he had certainly divided um, his allegations into precise complaints, but even among those complaints, there were some that um, bled through from um, uh, over a series of many months. Um, and I think that, and we also determined that there was some possible argument that we felt was best served to be in front of all of you and have you make the determination that um, that the complaint on those particular allegations had not been brought within a time period but it wasn't quite as clear cut as um, um, the most recent complaint
3: okay and by the way i don't have any objection to what the City Attorney's Office did because that was pretty clear cut in that context. I mean, my concern more is that the public doesn't know about that, and that I think from a transparency standpoint, it's important that we all know, not just commissioners, but the public knows when a complaint comes and then the city decides that it's not going to be heard. So think in the report that we did, you did in the last month, you know, in our last meeting was probably gonna be sufficient for that purpose. Um, And the only concern I would have is that in the situation, the only way I could think of that came up is that on a continuing violation, where our person that was complaining may not understand or phrase that in such a way. And that if there was a determination made in the city attorney's office that it was not filed on time, we would never be able to have any discussion regarding the possibility at least of a continuing violation.
2: And I just wanna point out that that's time for Commissioner Canberra. Um, So a vote would be needed to extend any time.
1: Um, Okay, thanks, uh, I think we have uh, more on this topic, so I would say- Can I maybe
2: add one thing to it too? Yeah. Um, So just two things, actually, the the, uh, complaint, if if part of it is barred, we're still gonna present the whole complaint, we're not gonna dice it up and give it to the commission in pieces. Um, And secondly, the annual report is always gonna capture every single complaint that's filed, if it's withdrawn, if it's not heard, if anything. So it will always be made public and be reported out publicly. Um, So, and those two things are always records.
1: Thank you, Madam Clerk. That's a very helpful clarification. Um, And then on the front end, we're attempting to address the notification to the public about the fact that this sort of pre-hearing process uh, goes on via the um, amendments to the complaint procedure that are before us tonight. Um, Given that we do have uh, some other material to cover under this agenda item, Um, I would definitely entertain a motion to put two or three minutes back on Commissioner Canberra's clock, just so that we're able to have all five of us weighing in on the remaining items in the topic. Commissioner Tebas?
0: Yeah, if we do that, um, you know, past experiences, like, you know, other commissioners could give their time to someone else, this way we still stay on time. Can we do it that way? And I'd be—I could offer up three of my minutes to the commercial camera. That's where we all have to stay on time. Yeah. So if we keep adding to it, then it defeats the whole purpose.
1: I like that. Thank you. Um, I don't know that we have any um, seeding of time in in our bylaws for that, uh, but I would certainly entertain putting two minutes back on his clock, and um, the rest of us informally agreeing to limit our our time or what you might have seated otherwise, unless Madam Clerk, if if seating time in the way that Commissioner Telos is suggesting is a, a common practice that we could start incorporating, I'm open to that as well.
2: I haven't seen the practice before, but you can definitely use less time, to, uh, Commissioner Telos, and just track it you know, by using less time yourself. Got it. The, the main thing is you just need to give Jeff, the uh, Commissioner Canberra more.
0: <laughs> well, of course.
6: So did somebody make the motion to give him three minutes?
4: I see Vice Chair Chen with her hand up. Well, let's give Jeff three minutes and he'll he second. All back. right,
6: Commissioner Montgomery with the second.
1: Do we need a roll call vote on that? I assume we do. Yes, we do. We do. Uh,
2: Commissioner, camera.
3: Can I speak? My time's up.
2: Oh yes, to vote, you can vote, yes. Aye. <laughs> Chen. Aye. Montgomery. Aye. Tilos. Aye. Chair Pilato. That carries my five ice.
1: Okay, great, thank you. Um, We'll get him back on the clock and um, at three minutes there. Thank you, Madam Clerk. And um, I think where we're at is we have the ability to, under this item as it was agendized, discuss any um, other possible changes to the complaint procedure as it's currently written, um, those could be brought up, things that we haven't necessarily discussed up to this point. The goal is for the procedure to be, uh, you know, a living document where, as we've been doing, we identify things that are coming up then propose changes to it. Uh, if no one has any additional topic areas to propose along those lines, then I would encourage us to potentially um, move forward with looking at just those very brief red lines that are proposed to address uh, that issue that Commissioner Camber was speaking to earlier. Yes, Commissioner Camber.
3: So I do have one other item I'd like to have the commission discuss, and that is the memo that we do receive prior to a hearing that in the past has um, not been disclosed to the public, and that provides us with some information and some guidance. And I'd like to have the commission discuss the possibility of having that become a public document.
1: Thank you, Commissioner Cambra. And just for clarification purposes, I'm going to assume that you are referring to. Um, we have a reference to it in our procedures, I believe, don't we, Chief Assistant or Madam Clerk or Chief Assistant City Attorney? We do. Yeah. And if um if one of you would like to speak to the language that's in there and, and the issue that Commissioner Cambra has raised, that would be great.
2: So it's the it's the memo from the counts the commission's council, and I'm trying to find that section right now. And it does state in there um, that it can be done either way. The commission for the attorney shall pr- conduct a pre. So it's on um, page two, and it's section C, and it's the last paragraph of that. And it, um, yeah, it says it you can provide a public confident or confidential written neutral statement of the case so it's called facts
5: that um um, should be i believe should be considered in your evaluation um so i i do believe that you can you can point to those as you choose to do you're certainly not beholden to file follow any part of the neutral statement um but if you do um i don't see any problem with any of you uh, drawing upon points that are in the neutral statement during your deliberations. What I would caution you against is, I don't know, screen sharing for on Zoom still <laughs> saying, well, I believe in this paragraph of the neutral statement or let me read from it or something like that because that that would destroy the attorney client privilege. and again, it's it's a privilege held by the
3: counsel. So can I bring up an example, a hypothetical example?
1: Uh, yeah, Commissioner Camber, I think, and and to the extent this goes to a revision to the complaint procedure, if you can tie it back to the agenda item, that is helpful as well.
3: It would be whether we disclose it or not, or what aspects of it we can refer to. So if in the neutral statement, there was a citation to a case to support a particular position and there was some disagreement as to whether that case actually supported the statement that was being made. We don't have any opportunity to say, you know, that case does not stand for the proposition that is being presented. And yet we can't even have that conversation or refer to that case because that would definitely be legal advice that was used to support a certain position that um, the chief assistant city attorney took. I chief
5: would, I, 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 in that scenario, that hypothetical Commissioner Canberra, I do think that you would be entitled to say, um, I am aware of case law, um, perhaps one of the parties can, can speak to that. Um, I don't expect you to forget and, and uh, or pretend that you've forgotten uh, points that are brought up in the neutral statement. So I think in your hypothetical, you would be, it would be completely well within the bounds of um, uh, reasonableness for you to bring up um, that case that you were just talking about.
3: That hypothetical case.
5: Yes, the hypothetical. Case. Hypothetical
3: case, yeah. I guess the concern that I have is that also, if I guess wrong, I've now violated the attorney-client privilege and gonna get my hand slapped.
5: Well, I think you would violate the attorney client privilege if you reiterated. Well, I thought, Vice, or I, I thought, um, Ms. McKenzie, that you said in your neutral statement that this case stood for this. But, you know, that I think it's the analysis. It's not the analysis that I provide, is maybe something that, um, not maybe, it is something that is covered by the attorney client privilege. But the fact that I have highlighted a couple of cases and, of course, the guidance is meant to be very neutral to say this case stands for this, this holding stands for this proposition and such. So I certainly would expect and anticipate that you may draw, you're free to take or leave my advice. So so you may draw upon certain things that I have highlighted and you may choose not to.
1: Thank you chief assistant city attorney and i would also encourage commissioners whenever there's a question about there's this thing i want to say in a hearing does are there attorney client privilege concerns or how can i you know how can i raise this point in a hearing without running afoul of you know xyz rule or concern the commission attorney attorney to the commission is an excellent resource on on those items of course in you know the hypothetical possible conspiracy theory world like maybe that's not going to (laughs) be but I, i think For our purposes, I would encourage that as a best practice that um, reaching out to Chief Assistant City Attorney Mackenzie with any questions about how to uh, address a topic during a hearing, if that's a concern, um, is is an option as well. Um, Yeah, I
5: I would, I would just add to that, that if we had a conversation, Commissioner Canberra before a hearing, and you said, well, I'm, um, I've read the case and your analysis of the case. Um, I'd like to ask the parties about it. You know, what can I do? And I would say, well, why don't you, you know, you're free during, a, um, during the um, deliberations to bring up the case. And if you want to put me on the spot, I will have the citation ready. Um, <laughs> and um, so that the public is aware of exactly what you're talking about.
3: Okay. I think that's fine. I'm willing to try this and if it, doesn't feel comfortable, we can possibly agendize it again. But in the meantime, I'm happy to have that discussion with you privately.
1: Okay. Thank you both. Um, Before we get to our concrete item of an amendment that is written that we can vote on, does anyone else have any broad topic under potential revisions to the complaint procedures that they wanna be heard on tonight? Okay. Well, with that, um, then I would love to draw everyone's attention to, uh, exhibit two, which, uh, contains some very minor edits to provide greater transparency at, um, a a topic mentioned by commissioner Canberra to, uh, this sort of jurisdictional gatekeeping process that does occur to go ahead and explain that in our public facing complaint procedure so that members of the public are more aware of that. Um, If anyone wants to suggest any ways of modifying the language that I just took a crack at drafting and putting in there, um, would love to hear that. If anyone thinks it's a terrible idea to include this additional language, would love to hear that. If anyone wants to make a motion to go ahead and just approve those edits, would love to hear that. Mr.
3: Canberra. Yeah, so my only addition is to make sure that when this happens that it is reported out to the public in the form of our next meeting as an agenda item. Just like we did with the last one.
1: In the staff update section?
3: Right, in the staff update section, there's a copy of the complaint and it was a very clear presentation as to why people could see the complaint and whether they agreed or disagreed um, that's fine, but they would know at least that that complaint was filed, and they don't have to go to the Open Government Commission's website to find out whether that was filed, at least it would be an agendized item. So that's my only addition that I would add.
1: Is that a proposal to add that language to the complaint procedure, or perhaps that's something Madam Clerk can continue as a, as a practice when this occurs?
3: Or would we need it codified and would this be the place? If there's someplace else, I'm fine with putting it somewhere else.
1: Uh, Madam Clerk, you did it, I think you referenced before that these will always come up in the annual report that comes out. And, yes. then, and
2: and I always notify the commission whenever a, he, a hearing has been filed, and then therefore notify the commission afterwards. And I mean, it's no problem for us to bring it up as a staff update. Not at all.
3: That would be great, uh, Commissioner Montgomery.
1: Thanks for your patience. Okay, and that hand back down. All right. Well, um, it looks like we are looking at one possible. Oh. Commissioner Montgomery.
6: I remember. So uh, there's keeps being a reference to the redlining edit edition. Um, that What's in my agenda is all blue. blue. So are we talking about the yeah. blue lined editions? <laughs> I just wanna make sure I'm reading this, that I'm looking, because you keep saying red, but mine are blue and I wanna yeah. make sure that I'm looking at the right thing.
1: Excellent clarification. (laughs) Thank you, Commissioner Montgomery. Yes, I believe in the uh, once converted into the report PDF version, they became blue lines. They are not the blue lines that are hyperlink web addresses. It is only the language in steps four and five, Um, to which it sounds like Commissioner Canberra is... Commissioner Canberra, can you propose something concrete so that we can call it a modification to what's actually out here?
2: And he needs more time if... Oh,
1: that's an interesting predicament. Commissioners, does anyone else want to take a crack at uh, proposing the language along the lines of what Commissioner Canberra is suggesting there? I think we're getting very close to rounding out this item
0: here. I I don't mind giving Commissioner Canberra another one of my minutes.
1: Go ahead and uh, if you want to just make a motion to give him an extra minute and then... uh, exercise restraint, as you so wonderfully do, Commissioner Tilos.
0: I'll make a motion to grant Commissioner Canberra two more minutes.
1: Do we have a second? Mm-hmm. Vice Chair Chen, and let's take a roll call vote, please, Madam
2: Clerk. Commissioner Canberra. Aye.
3: Chen. Aye.
2: Chen. Aye. Montgomery. Aye. Tilos. Aye. And Chair Pilato. Aye. That carries by five Vice.
3: Okay. Um, so what a somebody else can wordsmith this, but what a single sentence um, for point four that said additionally, um, the staff shall report um, the, I guess we could call the jurisdictional issue at the next regular scheduled meeting of the open Government Commission. something along those lines, so we don't have to have a special meeting just because a complaint came in and it was time barred.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great um, clarification to make on it. Um, I'm just looking in that final sentence of four. commission attorney, city clerk will notify the complaint commissioners about the basis for dismissing the complaint without setting a hearing. What if we add and report the fact of the complaints filing? In the staff update at the next scheduled meeting? Would that
3: do next regularly mean? scheduled meeting? I think that yeah. ac- I think that accomplishes the same thing.
1: Okay. My only my only hesitation was characterizing it as like, what do we even call this? The jurisdictional review, you know, rather than bake in a term for that, we
2: can
3: right.
1: Okay. Um great. Madam Clerk, do you feel like you have that edit on it? Yes. Okay.
2: And report the fact at the next at, at fact of the case. I, I missed the, exactly what the fact sure. of whatever was, but I'll get it from the minutes at, at the next uh, regular meeting under staff communications.
1: Yes, okay. And it'll, it'll be
2: better in, in the minutes, don't worry. And in the final version. <laughs>
1: okay, well with, with that edit to the proposed modifications in exhibit two, um, do we have a motion to potentially accept the Blue lined edits in exhibit two with the modification supplied by Commissioner Canberra.
3: I will make that motion.
1: All right, Commissioner Montgomery, I see your hand up as well. Thank you. Is that a second? Okay, great. Um, Madam Clerk, can we have a roll call vote, please?
2: Commissioners Canberra. Aye. Chen. Aye. Montgomery. Aye. Tilos.
3: Aye.
2: Chairlo Palato.
3: Pilato. Aye.
2: That carries by five eyes.
1: Excellent. Thank you, everyone. Um, I think with that, we have closed out item 4B unless anyone wants to wave their hands, indicating that there's something I missed there. And we took a pretty broad brush. Uh, Okay, great. And just like that, the complaint procedures are a living document um, that we know how to edit going forward. I think we can move to item 4C. which is a form a subcommittee to draft the annual report and approve the topics and form of the report. Um, Madam, oh, Commissioner Montgomery.
6: I have a question about timeliness of this issue. Um, Okay. Two things. Since I wasn't here when the last report was done, I don't know how long it took for them to do that. And because we're coming up on voting terms right here. So it, it, it just feels like this, the issue, I might have a timing problem if you, if say, like, I don't want to be on this subcommittee, but say I was on the subcommittee and then, because we know um, John will not, Councillor uh, Counselor Knox won't be running, right? Yeah. So, I, then what happens? Okay, so now you're you're minus a person. Yeah. So I just I'm concerned about the timing of 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 setting this um, committee right now. I
1: hear That's that all. concern, Commissioner Montgomery. Let's um, let's take this through the presentation and maybe bring that as a clarifying question because I share the concern. I also have a plan for it, and I think we're gonna. <laughs> Um, my Elizabeth Warren best we've got a plan for that um so I think that's that is a that concern is well taken and it is it is um something we should definitely talk about tonight um and perhaps that will maybe even be I don't know mentioned if uh, Madam Clerk if if in giving a brief presentation on this item you might want to um if you're able to speak to the sort of way it unfolded last year or I can incorporate that into my presentation with respect to anticipated timing of how this would
4: unfold going forward.
2: Yes, we we actually did have a a transition in the last time that I I could try to incorporate somewhat. But yes, so this is basically, um, this item is to talk about the the topics and the format and maybe potentially coming up with a format um, for the annual report um, that could you know kind of be a set format going forward um so i think the concept is to to have a subcommittee the subcommittee the last time was um uh vice chair chen and uh a C- commissioner shabazz who's no longer on the commission so it did it the issue did occur before where commissioner shabazz went off and and uh vice chair chen continued on with the report uh, single-handedly to bring it across the finish line um as it was being edited and um so um you know, a subcommittee going forward, it would be impacted, um, you know, by the election potentially. And, um, you know, we won't know that until after um, the members of the subcommittee. But but if the commission did end up you know, changing more or less, um, you know, than just uh, Commissioner Montgomery. Well, Commissioner Montgomery, we know, is gone, unfortunately, um, after the election. But if it did change, the commission could always revisit and change who the subcommittee members are as well. So you could start with a game plan and then go forward uh, from there if it does change more. And I'll turn it over to Chair pilato to finish the presentation, which I, sorry, I didn't start timing, but um, because she brought up this item last time under Commissioner Communications and you all agreed to bring it back as a regular agenda item so you could talk about the those main issues.
1: Right, thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, and I will come in well under 10 minutes, so it should be okay that that, uh, that clock hadn't started. So um, essentially this is, as we talked about, I think at our last meeting, uh, we're, we're referring here to the uh, report on um, the report that's that's required in um, Alameda Municipal Code uh, outlining our duties, which includes report and writing to the City Council at least once annually on any practical or policy problems encountered in the administration of the Sunshine Ordinance. And so, um, since this is uh, sort of a duty of the Commission that is statutorily required, I wanted to be sure we got the ball rolling on ensuring that we are in compliance. Um, for this year, uh, the sort of nature of the issue is mostly laid out in the memo that's attached as exhibit one to this exhibit. I tried to put as much in writing as possible to streamline our meeting. Ideally, um, My sort of suggestions on the steps, having observed the process last time, uh, I I wanted to put forth some, some ideas about the steps that could be needed to complete this, um, in that memo they're under uh, Section 2 specific action needed. I think tonight we'd ideally be able to complete number two and number three listed there, namely ideally appointing um, two commission members uh, or one to uh, form a subcommittee in keeping with Commissioner Montgomery's uh, point made earlier. I think that having at least one of those members being somebody who's under the terms our um, terms of service uh, going to be here definitely through 2023 I think it would be advisable to have at least one member of the subcommittee be uh, in that sort of term timing and um, I think we can also uh, as noted in the agenda sort of topic heading start talking about topics to include in that report so that anybody who may be um, rotating off of the commission is able to Uh, provide their feedback, you know, tonight, even on here's some ideas of things that I've seen come up that I'd like to have considered for inclusion in the report. That's why I think um, the timing tonight actually is in many ways optimal because it it is a sort of an opportunity for the five of us to talk about things that we've observed uh, throughout 2022. And I think I have a feeling we're going to land on pretty similar ones. Um, In the memo that you can find at Exhibit 1, um, I also proposed a template for the report. Uh, that's in section four of the memo. Um, my goal with that is really to streamline what the work of being on this subcommittee involves. I mean, I think what we're talking here at this point, were we to use a template along these lines, drafting of the subcommittee report, the initial work that's done between meetings could be very, very um, low labor. I think it would be, you know, essentially plugging in some numbers, plugging in some dates plugging in a couple sentences about some of the key items that came up. Um, Obviously, Vice Chair Chen can speak to uh, the the way that she went about the work uh, in in partnership with with former Vice Chair Shabazz uh, and and what that work involved. But I think, um, Vice Chair Chen, I, I look forward to your feedback on whether, you know, a template might sort of help decrease the amount of labor that went into that. Um, for you as you were uh, so kindly looking back over over many years. Um, I think a secondary benefit of the template besides just sort of creating something that's plug and play um, is that it would create some consistency to the work put out by this commission that goes before the council. I think it, you know, if it if we do a template, it doesn't need to be the one I suggested. But I think there's a benefit in always including some brief background information, you know, key data points like how many meetings were held, how many complaint hearings occurred. These are things that I think are really helpful for the council to know about um, and gives context on when they hear there's another open government commission meeting going on, you know, for them to know that actually there were six hearings in a particular year. Um, I think those are are relevant data points that we should be reporting out. Um, and then additionally, with that consistency from year to year, I think the council members and members of the public could really get used to being able to focus their attention on, you know, what issues specifically came up in the year the report covers so that to the extent there's persistent issues you know, that are existing year to year. Um, we can mention that in each year's report, but um, I think keeping the scope narrow to what's occurred in that year will actually, help illuminate when a problem hasn't resolved and it's coming up in report after report after report. Um, That's going to be a really good way that we can deliver insight to council on, um, you know, issues that seem to be improving versus ones that may be so pernicious that council needs to um, consider stepping in and taking some kind of action to increase transparency uh, in our local government. So um, for the sake of a streamlined discussion tonight, I'm hoping, you know, maybe our order of deliberations should be to tackle the concrete items first, like appointing subcommittee members um, so that some folks are aware to maybe take really good notes uh, in addition to reading the minutes later. Um, then we can approve or modify the template and then talk sort of generally about the topics that we'd like to see the subcommittee thinking about in um, in doing the first draft of the report. Um, I don't think we need to take specific votes on what the topics themselves are. I think this would be a time to Um, you know, really lift up some guidance to the subcommittee of topics to be thinking about. Um, So if you feel really strongly about wanting something to be in the report, that's probably a good reason to volunteer to be on the subcommittee, um, where you will have a a stronger hand in in what goes into the drafting there. Um, But if anyone, you know, especially anyone who wants to think about volunteering to be on the report writing subcommittee uh, wants to sort of attack this question in a different way, um, I'm open to reworking the approach. So that's sort of the table setting for this. Um, I guess we would go to, to clarifying questions, um, either for uh, for staff or, or myself as the initiator of this item.
3: Um, does anyone have any clarifying questions at this time? Commissioner Canberra. See, not a question, just a compliment on an excellent job. I'm a big, big template guy for consistency from year to year. No matter who's sitting on this commission, they can say, we don't have to do the work of organizing it. And I love just the plug and play piece of it. So very, very supportive. If I need to file a mo- make a motion, I'll make whatever the motion is I need to see this go forward. Great.
1: Great. Thank you. Um... Uh, yes, I am a I am a, a fan of templates, as everyone has probably learned in my, my brief tenure on this commission. Um but I, I do think it will be will be helpful going forward. Um any other questions? And we'll take it to public comment, then we'll do our deliberations. Um and Commissioner Montgomery, I see your hand up.
6: I would kinda like to hear Vice Chair Chen's voice since she was part of it last year. And we I haven't heard her voice about. It she has any suggestions or she likes this or I haven't heard her. So I just wanna make sure that she she speaks on it since she did so much work on the last one.
1: Yeah, definitely. Madam Clerk, can we do that now or does that need to be after public comment?
2: Um, I don't think we have any, I'm I'm pretty sure I know everybody who's in the participants, but we could call the public comment, but I don't think you'll have any. Let's call the public comment
1: comment so that we have no, angry responses from the public that we did not
2: before we began
1: talking amongst ourselves okay um and then commissioner Montgomery we're going right back to that and the floor will be vice chair Chen's and I cannot wait for that madam clerk do we have any members of the public who would like to give public comment on this item we do not wonderful um with that uh vice chair Chen uh lifting up commissioner Montgomery's invitation there uh I think it would be great to hear from you about. Your experiences drafting this report in the past.
4: So my first question is, why didn't you give us this template last year?
1: <laughs> I had to see the beautiful work product that you put forth, and then think about how we actually really needed a template because it took so much work, and that was so so right. generous well, of you to do. It
4: took work to get to the point where it kind of resembles this template, <laughs> but it it was it was a struggle because uh, basically. Um, When you have two people who have very different schedules, um, it was very hard for uh, Vice Chair um, Shabazz and I to actually uh, communicate on an ongoing basis. We had two or three meetings on the phone. um, And then we were both on to writing our own sections. And then he he resigned. (laughs) So I was left with these pieces. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, would call them up and say, "What, what, right?" But uh, it was just a lot of uh, work on my part, mainly because I was one-hand clapping, and and there was there was all, all of this content sitting on the table for me to put it together. So uh, this template is is very helpful. Um, it gives guardrails you know <laughs> to keep from going off on tangents and things like that which happens when you have very energized intelligent people who have a lot of thoughts going on so um i i think that it's a, it's a really good product that we could produce um i i because it's just a report that we send on to the city council i we last year, we didn't get any feedback on the report. So I'm just wondering if there's a mechanism where um, we actually ask council for feedback on it since we spent so much of my life <laughs> working on it in the sense that there was a great deal of effort. And because we had so many complaints we handled um, in, in 2021 and, and because um, three, three of us were new, right? two of us were new, three? You and I were new. (laughs) Three, there were three new members that we had to acclimate and also deal with a multiplicity of complaints that came flying at us. That, um, what that did was give us content for all the things that we needed to fix, which is basically what we set about doing with the rest of our time. So, it was a great learning experience. I think this template will be very, very helpful. And um, I look forward to the, the product as a result.
1: Thank you, Vice Chair Chen. Um, yes, and indeed the, the template uh, draws heavily from where that report ended up landing um, in terms of format and, and topics presented um and you know, it it may be that it's the kind of thing that needs to keep improving from year to year. But um, Commissioner Montgomery.
6: Are we um I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not trying to be like rushing through this thing, but are we, but I kind of am. Are we at the point where we want to is there a vote gonna be needed to take in on this? And is it separate votes on each one of these issues, or are we just saying and um, can there be a motion about the te- use of the template and move it on from there and go to the next thing? I don't know where we are and what exactly we're supposed to be accomplishing.
1: Sorry. Yeah, yeah. thank you, Commissioner Montgomery. Um, that's great. I think um, my, my hope was that we might take some volunteers to be on the subcommittee and then uh, upon assuring their buy-in for the template, take a vote on the template. Um, however, seeing some... Uh, excitement over the template, since we went in that direction first, why don't we go ahead and take a motion on the template? That way, anyone considering volunteering for the subcommittee can rest assured that their role will actually be uh, very streamlined uh, with the use of the template, should we go in that direction. Does that work? <laughs> All right, great. Uh, Commissioner Camber, I see your
3: hand up. I will make the motion to accept the template as drafted uh, to be used for creating the annual report to council
1: excellent do we have a 2nd
3: A second
1: okay a tie there between uh montgomery and tilos madam clerk can you take a roll call vote please
2: so commissioners Canberra, hi chen yes montgomery hi charlotte hi that carries by five eyes
1: Excellent. Thank you. Um, So next up, I think uh, while we could start talking about topics, I think it's important to to know who might be holding the pen first here. Um, And I have some ideas of how to, I don't know if anyone's heard of voluntold as a concept, but uh, I would love to offer up space for uh, ideally two members of the commission to volunteer here um, to be our subcommittee, again, with the understanding that um, there are quite a few of us who who could potentially rotate off and so um okay. Commissioner Kember
3: just want a clarification that this report is truly limited to just the 2022 calendar year because I, I know in the other report there was some back the previous year which I'm sure added far more work than Commissioner Chen thought she was getting into when she did that report so um just want to make sure I understand the narrowing nature of the Scope of the report.
1: Yeah, as as the chair, that would be my strong, strong recommendation for the approach that that we take um, to limit it to meetings that occurred within twenty twenty two. You know, to the extent that a footnote is appropriate, of something that was an ongoing issue, I think that's fine. But the more that this gets limited to the calendar year, the more consistent this product is going to be going forward. And everyone sitting here today would be able to uh, to potentially provide insight uh, as opposed to, um, I'm sure Vice Chair Chen was having to kind of dig through the archives a little bit <laughs> to uh, to recall how things originated in 2019 that led to something in 2020. That um, So again, appreciation to you, Vice Chair Chen. Um, all right. So, or we could also have nominations uh, for who to be on the subcommittee. Vice Chair Chen, I saw your hand up.
4: Oh, I just wanted to add that it would be good to take the list of recommendations from the 2021 report and see if they were met, (laughs) you know, like, and how were they met and which still need to be carried forward. Yeah, I think that's- um, I'm wondering if that's another section or-
1: Yeah, I think that could be almost even like a a topic um, of the things that have come up was, uncertainty over what recommendations were adopted. Uh, But yeah, I think there's, um, I think I would leave that up to the subcommittee members, of which you might be a very (laughs) insightful and experienced drafter. But uh, (laughs) um, I will note we have two commissioners who are uh, according to their terms Sitting in these seats in 2023, regarding happens, the safe commissioners. Safe uh,
3: commissioner.
1: So, uh, just previewing, that's where my suggestions may be, but of course, everyone has a free will in this process. So, um. uh,
3: so I'm feeling my arm being twisted behind my back by um, our chair, but I think I will accept the invitation as long as I'm not the only one. <laughs>
1: All right, can we entice Madam Vice Chair? Yes, hands up Vice Chair, yes.
4: It's for the continuity piece. <laughs> and 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 to save to save whoever is on the committee from my harassment. See, this was the
1: thinking. If you feel strongly that something should be in there, good idea to take the first pen. Um excellent. Well, uh hearing such generous uh, <laughs> donations of their time, uh, which hopefully will be much, much less than last year, um, from Commissioner Canberra and Vice Chair Chen. Uh, would anyone like to make a motion to appoint those two as our subcommittee? Commissioner Montgomery. So move. All right, do we have a second? Second. All right, Commissioner, everybody who doesn't want to be on the, i uh, Madam Clerk, can we take a roll call vote, please?
2: Commissioner Canberra. Aye. Chen.
3: Aye. Of Montgomery. Aye.
2: Tilos. Aye. Chilo Palato.
1: A hearty aye.
2: That carries my five eyes.
1: Excellent. Thank you. So um, we've got our subcommittee, we've got our template. I think we can um, round out this meeting by talking about um. Thanks what our uh, topics would be. Um, I know I've been taking some notes during the year, but I would love to, including hearing from our subcommittee members, uh, so that this is an opportunity for us all to uh, toss around ideas. And I think really maybe what we're creating is a, a broad list for the subcommittee members to choose from in, uh, in what they want to put attention to drafting. So while we don't need to flush out every single topic, I think we can just list them. Commissioner Montgomery. Samples, please.
6: topics like e- examples please
1: yeah like, yeah sure so examples <laughs> of topics these would be things like um i'm just thinking and vice chair actually if you want to speak to some of the topics we we utilized in, in last year's report things that maybe came up in a hearing the first one that pops to my mind is our discussions over um whether the window of time to file a complaint under the sunshine ordinance whether that 15 day narrow window is appropriate in the context of a public records act request where Uh, There's questions about when, um, you know, when the request has been fulfilled and when when the complaint sort of ripens, um, the subcommittee could definitely tinker with language like that. That was one topic that came up that would require a revision to the Sunshine Ordinance, and therefore we would need to lift it up to city
6: council for there to ever be any action on it. Commissioner Montgomery. That's a good topic matter (laughs) because we we struggled with that one consistently over different hearings um over, over different cases that we heard that that time frame when did it start when did the 50 did it start here did it start when they didn't know like what so I think that that's a great topic to have on there
1: great um so we'll add that and we'll have the minutes obviously from this meeting in the video for um, for review as to what was what was discussed um and I will say on that topic we did get, I think, um, you know, as much guidance as possible from Chief Assistant City Attorney McKenzie, as we were going through the actual complaints, but, but that did strike me as one where clarity uh, in the ordinance, uh, or at least an evaluation of whether that window makes sense in this context uh, would be beneficial. Anybody else have any other topics that came up during the year? And this can be an ongoing conversation through the calendar year. For all we know, we're gonna have a complaint hearing in a few weeks, and that would be in 2022. Those things are possible. Um, So this list doesn't need to be exhaustive tonight, but.
4: Vice Chair Chen. There's the uh, recurring theme that we've seen uh, where many of the Public Records Act complaints involve the police department. And um, there needs to be some better clarification because the complainant may not know or understand what the procedure is and when they should expect records and what type of records they should expect. And we need to know which records the police department, which is under a separate jurisdiction about public records, right? Which records they are allowed or not allowed to share with the public. So we've been stuck in this little mess where one side is saying one thing and the other side isn't totally clear and there's a lot of confusion. And I think it's really, really important for the residents of this country, I'm not being grandiose to really better understand what the rules are around law enforcement and public records and, and how and when a citizens should expect responses and in and, in and what degree and content. I think that's great. far beyond the scope of this report, but <laughs> but very worthy of just generating a lot of questions that many people need to consider at some point, right? But for ourselves, we have a real problem resolving these complaints.
1: Yeah, and I think that's exactly this report as a space to identify this, this is a topic that, you know, has come up multiple times, and it definitely came up in, in calendar year 2022. Um, I want to, my second note was 1025 <laughs> p.m. in Fraser complaint hearing, Vice Chair 10, comment, Ray, pattern with APD records. So yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. It was definitely something that came up in, in a hearing. Um, and it's also something that is evolving by statute quite a bit. And so to the, it's, it's a, it's a very legal, um question and so to the extent our report might highlight that there's a lack of clarity and a need for transparency there um i think that could be helpful any other topics folks want to propose commissioner to us um
0: the sort of topic of you know what's um needs to be transparent in the case i'm referencing is like you know if there was the city's next door account versus say council person's next door account. And so that's one of them. And I want to say there's another case that we had too that had something that's like, well, it's not the open open government's position to say, hey, well what should be shared or what is the loss? I think that needs to be looked at and maybe council needs to give some guidelines of you know what what is it because how communication is changing, ever evolving. And it's like, okay, well what is you know, public information and what's sort of private. You know, when you're a politician.
1: Thanks, Commissioner Telos. Commissioner Montgomery.
6: Yes, um, I I agree with Commissioner Telos about that. We did have things where we talked about what what was public records and what was not public records um, regarding social media accounts, um, city. Like the city account versus a personal account from a council member or commissioner or whatever city member, as opposed to the city itself's account. So I think that those are those are valid issues that that we did go over multiple times.
1: Great. Thank you both. I, commissioner Montgomery.
6: Yes, sorry. I, I also wanted to know is this something that like we can be thinking about more and, and continue to to like, like when we have our next meeting, can we talk about this again, um, or do we email? What would it, like if we have their ideas of topics? Does it want to be an email thing, or do we want to bring it back? I, because I don't know if we can figure it all out right now. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. Thanks, Commissioner Montgomery. I think um, that and there's going to be a very specific answer to that. Uh, I, my suggestion would be that to the extent there is a December meeting, this should remain on the agenda is a sort of a carried forward live item, um, obviously, because if other things happened in 2022, we would need to update that. Um, but Madam Clerk, maybe you can speak to uh, the need to not be emailing the subcommittee that's already two members and how we should go about that.
2: Yeah, so um, I I think if you do have a December meeting and, and have it as a topic on there, that's great. Uh, the other way is you can just email um, me and I can compile a whole list and, and anything I get, I will gather and synthesize. And then um, you know that can be presented at the ne- next meeting and also passed on to the subcommittee um, so that they can get clarification at the, the next meeting from the commissioners about it.
1: <laughs> that's great. Does that answer the question, Commissioner Montgomery? Yeah, I think that this is this is the type of thing. Once it gets percolating, more more ideas will come up. Um, excellent. Does anyone else have any other topics that they want to raise or suggest at this time? Great. Okay,
6: um, Commissioner Montgomery.
0: Yeah,
6: is this the place where we want to talk about Vice Chair Chen's suggestion about? Um, what was done from last year's report? Like, is that a topic that we want to talk about in the report is, how do I want to put it? Action taken on our report or lack thereof, action. I don't know exactly how to say it, but is that something that we want to talk about as a topic in there? Like we said these things needed to happen, but only one of these 10 things happened.
1: Yeah, I would just throw out, I think under in the template, section four of the template is practical or procedural issues encountered, blah, 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 which may warrant further action or consideration from council. So I could see that as a space to plug in something that may continue to warrant further action that was raised in 2021 was XYZ. I, I, I personally probably wouldn't lean towards like an Audit of everything that was, rec- you know, I think if there's to the extent that there's something that still continues to feel like it warrants further action, we should lift it up again in this report. That that would be my take. But um, I am
4: one loan commissioner. Vice Chair Chen. Well, one of the um, unexpected outcomes or that happened is because we were discussing it for several meetings and raising issues that we wanted included. Um, staff took it upon themselves to create the fixes. (laughs) So I think the neutral statement came from staff hearing us talking about this dilemma we had about needing some kind of neutral information. And um, yeah, all along the way, I saw staff stepping up to the plate without us voting on it but only just talking about the issues that we saw, uh, putting in fixes. So it's, it's like we were all working together as one, one organism that uh, um, provided feedback. And then you know back and forth, there was a good synergy around the whole thing. So by the time we finally submitted the report, a lot of the things, several of the things had gotten fixed. You're taking me down memory lane, <laughs> and what a long lane it was that year.
1: <laughs> um, oh, a winding road. Um, great. Does anyone else have any other topics? I had, I think, one other tiny one, um, which I'll just throw out here. Here, to the extent it, it raised an eyebrow for anyone else, but I got the sense in one of our hearings that there was. Um, confusion over whether there is an administrative exhaustion requirement to the Sunshine Ordinance. We were presented with a very um, legally stylized complaint um, that, you know, was very ready to be filed in civil court. And the complainant indicated that he had included certain types of claims in the complaint that came before us because he was unclear if he needed to say all of those things before the commission or else waive them meaning, you know, you can stop here at the commission, that's optional, or you can go straight to civil court. And that there was some confusion um, with a complainant who was, I believe, a lawyer himself over whether he needed to actually say everything here, if he was going to then be able to hold on to those arguments in a, in a possible future civil claim. Um, and so I my read is that the Sunshine Ordinance is not intended to lay out a mandatory administrative uh, process, but um, since there was confusion about that in one complaint, um, that struck me as something that you know staff may want to consider, whether there's uh, you know a way to make that very clear to complainants or, or if that's something that feels likely to come up again. It just was something I wanted to, to stick a little flag into. And uh, also Vice Chair Chan had raised a request about aggregated data for PRA requests. And so um, I think updating what that looks like in the world of the amazing next request system could be a topic area too, to the extent that's something you wanted to carry forward, Vice Chair Chen.
4: Yeah. I I dug through my paper and I found that uh, the May 3rd, 2021 staff report for the OGC meeting, had the uh, the data for how many complaints were filed, and also uh, how many PRA requests were made, and uh, it would be good to get data similar to that, and the and Commissioner Canberra and I can <laughs> aggregate it, you know, and, and create a brief narrative as to what it all means. So Madam City Clerk, did you, did you? I gave you the date, May 3rd, 2021. Staff report.
2: Yeah. It's it's a different system. It'll be a little different, but we'll work on it. We'll work on it together.
1: Yeah. That
3: necessarily means that our report won't actually be able to be final until January, right? Because we might need December's information.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's true on, um, you know, potential data to be included um, to the extent you want to go in that direction. And then also, um, you know, the other sort of steps I tried to outline in the memo based on what we had done last year, uh, you know, we'll need to bring back a a first draft of the report and ideally um, vote on it to the extent anyone uh, rotates off the commission before that occurs. I think it's great to still chime in with some feedback during that public comment period. uh, or you know, as just a member of the public, then I guess potentially maybe running it through chief assistant city attorney first. But I, I would think once you're no longer on the commission, uh, it would be okay to then say, "Thought the report looked great," or or something along those lines. But probably best to bring it into public comment at a future meeting. Um, but yeah, so I think this will be a process that, by its nature, can't be finalized until January 2023. Or whenever the first scheduled meeting of of 2023
3: is. Yeah, um, just uh, Madam Clerk, if I remember the last report, and it's a little gray, that report included just the total number of CPRA requests, right? And that had come in. There was a, not whether they came to us as a complaint, just the total number that were filed through the year. There was a summary that didn't. We don't ever see. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: It's data. Yeah,
3: well, it's just data. So yeah, Merry Christmas on the 24th, we get a CPRA request or you get the CPRA request.
2: Yeah, but we can do something where we go through like the end of November. We will work. I'll work with you guys. It'll be easy enough to tack on extra at the end, but you can start some analysis before.
1: That sounds good. Yeah, I would definitely um, encourage the subcommittee to connect with Madam Clerk on uh, (laughs) <laughs> any and all data needs, especially on how how to change what was produced in the past with respect to the, the PRA report, to acknowledge that most of this information is available. Um, just how to present it in a in a concise way. Um, does anyone else have any topics they want to raise now? Otherwise, um, I think we can close out this agenda item.
4: <laughs> Vice Chair Chen. Oh, I just wanted to make a comment that I I I had to sit. On my clicking finger, when I saw Commissioner Canberra's question <laughs> uh, to the Alameda community on social media, saying, "What do you, you know, what do you think about this unfounded thing?" and I said, "I can't communicate." It was very interesting phenomena where my finger was uh, taken away. An act of Appointed Commissioner
1: Restraint in process there. Um, great, great. Well, now you two have quite a bit of time to talk uh, offline about all things OGC as you work on this report. Um, okay, great. Well, with no other, <laughs> or perhaps social media amongst commissioners is, uh, is something to dig into. Um, not dig into, please don't. That would be. Oh, word. do
4: we have a timeline? Uh,
1: I think the you know, to the extent you, you want to follow it, I tried to lay out, um, those steps in the specific action needed section of the memo that's exhibit two, uh, which is basically that, you know, if we have like some working copy, this, this topic should stay on the agenda, you know, from meeting to meeting, um, to present ideally a first draft and then, um, know if that's if that occurs in january 2023 then maybe that's there's a final vote on just approving the report um unless madam clerk has different thoughts on how that might play out
2: i no i agree we can put it on you know any and all agendas until it gets finally approved and and the commission can you know just take it step by step
1: great okay and i did um put a little footnote in the proposed template madam clerk that in preparing the final report to go to council, you could identify, you know, if people rotated off or whatever the most up-to-date stats are um, before it goes to council. Um, Okay, well, with that, uh, I think we've got our plan. As people have ideas, go ahead and maybe send them to Madam Clerk in between for synthesizing and distribution back to the subcommittee. And um, let's go ahead and close out item 4B, thank you. Vice Chair Chen and Commissioner Canberra for volunteering to be our subcommittee. Um, next up on our agenda would be section five, staff update. Do we have anything? I have Nothing. Okay. Okay. I have nothing. All right. Um, okay. Next would be section six, which is our commission agenda requests. I didn't see anything come through in writing. And so I'm assuming we have nothing there. Section seven would be commission communications, um, which would uh, be a chance to talk about social media restraint or any events anybody's been to, but I I think we're, uh, we've been communicating quite a bit this evening, uh, but if anybody has anything they wanna share during section seven, I will leave it open, going once, going twice. I appreciate you all. Section eight would typically be non agenda public comment. I don't think we have any. Section nine would be adjournment coming in right before nine o'clock. Thank you all for working through these issues. And uh, we got in under two hours again, continuing to make world records in OGC history. (laughs) All right, well, We will look forward to uh, all the good work that's gonna carry forward to the next meeting. And um, to the extent, well, we'll just see where we all land when another meeting is scheduled. Okay, meeting adjourned. Thank you all. Thank you.
0: Bye.